Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. John Jastrzemski. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The Fan. WFAN. All folks. 704 here on this Wednesday evening. It's JJ, John Jastrzemski. We're guiding you through... The next three hours, we're right here on the fan. Get aboard, 877-337-6666. And on the line right now is Radio.com Sports NFL Insider, the great Michael Lombardi. Insider calls are brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Learn more at Indeed.com. Mike, always a pleasure. What's happening, my brother? How you doing? Not much, JJ. Everything is good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Pleasure's all mine. Mike, you've been around the NFL a long, long time. Is this the worst you have ever seen the NFC East? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, I grew up as a kid. I mean, I'm old, so I mean, I can remember the 76 and 77 bad giant teams and the, you know, the mistake at the Meadowlands with the Eagles and, you know, and but there were always the good Washington teams, they're always the good Dallas was always good. Dallas never had a down year, you know, forever. And so this is the worst that I think I've ever seen it. Uh, the quality of play is bad. And, and it really relates to quarterbacking and, you know, where is the, the team's future going with the quarterbacks that they currently have? Carson Wentz doesn't have a lot of weapons around him, so that affects him. Dak Prescott gets hurt. Daniel Jones is on the job training. And we're not sure what's going to happen in Washington. Cowboys, we know the injury to Dak is a killer. But that defense has been embarrassing. Then you get the report from the NFL Network that came out 24 hours ago. And it's not a good look for Mike McCarthy. It's not a good look for those Cowboy players. Uh, what do you make of the situation currently going on with the Cowboys? You know, Bill Parcells said 10 years ago, he said, he said after he left, when he was leaving, he said, 10 years from now, no one will even remember that I was here. And he didn't mean that in a, in a bad way in the sense that people were going to forget his legacy. What he was, was implying was all the work and effort that he put into trying to change the culture will be gone. And that's what's happened. I mean, let's, let's get some facts out. And I know we're in giant territory, but the, the Dallas Cowboys are America's team. Yet they haven't won a Super Bowl since 1995. The Cowboys are America's team, but they've only been to the playoffs 10 times in the last 25 years. The Cowboys are supposed to be America's team. They haven't been to the conference championship game since 1995. They have not won 
And what Parcells was referring to was the way that Jerry runs the team, the way that he wants to manage the team, him as the general manager, him as the decision maker, him as part coach, makes it very challenging for any head coach to be successful in that situation. Now, look, Mike McCarthy's to blame here for the, the decision to hire Mike Nolan. I'm not sure where that came from. But I think that for the most part, I think that you know their team is not well coached on any side of the football. Let's get to the Giants, Mike. It's amazing to look at a 1-5 in five team and say, wow, they're playing a big game in late October. But because of how bad this division may be, this game all of a sudden on Thursday night has some meaning, has some significance. I have looked at the Giants. They've been a team that's played hard for Joe Judge. I respect that. I think their defense has actually been much improved. Bradbury at corner has been a terrific pickup. But I look on the other side of the ball, and I get it. Line hasn't been great. No Saquon Barkley. But it seems like there is a key critical mistake from Daniel Jones week in and week out. Giants are going to win this game. Giants are going to be better in the second half. Is it fair to say their quarterback has got to step it up and play much better football? No, there's no doubt. And he's got to play faster. You know, one of the things I think where Daniel Jones gets into some problems is he doesn't play fast. When the game speeds up, he doesn't play fast. He's still methodical. Now, look, he showed great athletic skills last week. He showed speed running the ball, and he made some really great throws. But he doesn't do it consistently, and he always seems to not protect the ball in the pocket. He makes mistakes when he gets down in the red zone. And these are things that you just can't do as a starting quarterback in the National Football League. My biggest concern is when he gets a lot of pressure around him, not necessarily he's got to throw the ball quickly. He's got to throw and think and methodically work quickly. And I think that's really where the problems start. And I think that's got to concern you as a Giant fan. That's got to concern the Giant front office. Is this the guy that we can build our future around? And I don't think the answer to that is yes. We're in agreement there. We got Mike Lombardi from Radio.com as we run around the National Football League. Mike, let's get to a decision that had a whole lot of people shocked on Tuesday. And that involves my team, the Miami Dolphins. Look, they're playing great. I'm as big a two of guys you're going to find. I was thrilled when the Dolphins made the pick back in April. But off of back-to-back wins, getting that news, I never in a million years saw it coming. Two-fold here. You think the Dolphins are making the right call, making this switch now? Two, do you see any similarities to what the Giants did back in 2004 with Eli Manning and Kurt Warner? Well, I mean, Kurt wasn't playing nearly to the level that he ended up going to Arizona and play. Let's, you know, Kurt would not have gone into the Hall of Fame if it wasn't for his stint in Arizona. Let's just make that clear. So when he was playing at the Giants, he wasn't playing at the highest level of his football. He got better in Arizona. Uh, to me, this is a decision that's based not on next week's opponent. This decision is based on where can we go in the future. And I think they made that decision. I think they know where they can go with Fitzy. And look, you can watch the Jet game. Even though they dominated that game 24 to nothing, Fitzy wasn't exactly nailing it down. There was opportunities in the red zone, throws an interception, throws another one in the middle of the field. Didn't make a lot of plays in that game that were winning plays against a better team. And I think the focus of a head coach has to be, how do I position my team in October? How do I position my team really to be able to compete in November and December when the chips are down. And I think that's what Brian Flores is going to do. Look, he knows 
next week's game in the long term of his contract doesn't matter in the much as getting Tua ready to play and play at a high level. Mike, you know full well, though, Ryan Fitzpatrick, a very popular player in that Dolphin locker room. And he didn't seem particularly thrilled about the decision. That's life as far as being a veteran NFL quarterback. But would you as an executive have any concern about Brian Flores losing the locker room by making this call? Or is it simple? You've built up enough collateral. You obviously have your quarterback of the future. If you're not buying in with that quarterback of the future, I don't want you here. Well, I think he has the advantage that we don't have a practice, right? So the players know, right? The players know how Tua's looked as the scout team quarterback. They have a really good idea how good he is, you know, and I don't know what they think. I don't know what his view of what practice has been like, but they have an idea of how he's looked. And that idea, and I don't think Flores makes this move if he hasn't looked good in practice. If he's looked really bad, he's not making this move. If he looks like he can't handle it, he's not making this move. And that's the advantage he has over all of us. We don't see practice. We don't get to see him. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick knows that when he took that job and they drafted two and they turned that card in, he knew he was a placeholder. You know, he's going to hold that place. Now, he wasn't thinking he was going to hold it all year long. Many people remember there were odds in Vegas who was going to be the starting quarterback on day one, which was absurd. But two was the favorite for that job. Because today everybody thought they were just naturally going to make the move. I think ultimately Fitzpatrick, he knows the deal. He'll buy in. Let's get to the Patriots, an organization that you know very well, Mike, from your time up there. They don't usually have those clunkers. I mean, we're not used to seeing them. Maybe one or two a year, usually down in Miami. Usually it's in Denver, not home against Denver. But having you know the COVID situation, Cam being involved in that, How much of that, in your opinion, was a direct result of what you saw on Sunday? Or do you see a more overarching theme, a lot of the defections, you know, not the same personnel that we used to with New England, and was that the reason we saw them play such a lousy game on Sunday? Well, I think, look, you know, when the New England Patriots in their locker room and in their facility have a sign, practice execution becomes game reality. They didn't have any practice as execution last week. They looked like a team that didn't practice. They looked like a team that struggled just to get the basics down. They looked slow. They didn't look like they knew what they were doing. They weren't confident. Then they start the game off with David Andrews is hurt. Shaq Mason is on COVID. And, and they have to replace Eliminor at right tackle after about the sixth or seventh play. So now they start moving people around, and they're playing with four backups in their offensive line. Basically, Joe Tooney is the uh, Joe Tooney and Isaiah Wynn are the only two starters. Isaiah started the game off playing left guard. They moved him back out to left tackle. That's not an excuse. They played horribly. But let's put things in perspective. They're one yard away from beating a really good Seattle team. They're a, they're a Cam Newton away from probably competing against Kansas City and maybe even winning that game, which we know was a lot closer on Monday night than the actual score indicated Brian Hoyer's performance. They needed practice. They need practice. Cam Newton needs practice. Their offense needs practice. They need more explosiveness, there's no doubt. They need a better tight end than Ryan Izzo. They need a playmaker on the outside that can stretch the field, whether they trade for John Ross or do something. But they're going to have to get some more speed and more – Uh, playmakers on offense to help Cam Newton. I think that's going to be the biggest issue moving forward. Mike, is that a three-team race in the AFC East with Buffalo, New England, Miami, or are you looking at a two-team race? 
Oh, I think it's a three-team race. I mean, look, Buffalo came back to earth. I mean, everybody was ready to give Josh Allen the MVP trophy after week one, right? I mean, how many times were you handing that off on the fan? Everybody was getting, you know, everybody was giving Josh Allen that trophy. The reality of it is, is Josh Allen's not accurate. And the Bills go as Josh Allen's accuracy goes. So he's like a starting pitcher in baseball. If he's on and he's throwing and hitting the corners, you're probably going to get a good start out of him. If he's off and walking, guys, you're probably going to need to go to the bullpen. And I think that's what we've seen. Against the Raiders, he played great. The last two weeks that they've lost, he hasn't been able to hit the strike zone. It's all that's the way it's going to go for Bills fans. His accuracy is always going to be an issue. Michael Barty, Radio.com, joins us here on The Fan. Mike, I've been on this team since day one this year. I love them. I, I love their front seven, even with the loss of Bush. I love how they get after the quarterback. Roethlisberger has this connection immediately with Claypool coming out of Notre Dame. Do you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers right now as the biggest threat to Kansas City in the AFC? Yeah, because they can make Kansas City play one-dimensional. I mean, you can't run the ball on Pittsburgh at a base out of any base formation, out of nickel. It's hard to do it. I mean, the Eagles, Miles Sanders ran out of a split, out of base, out of nickel personnel, took it 75 yards to the house. The Eagles didn't even end up with 100 yards rushing. That front seven's tough. And I think the guy that's not getting enough credit in the front seven is Stephon Truitt. He's outstanding. He's really been the difference maker to what they're doing defensively. I think he has taken over. They lost Hargraves to Philadelphia. They haven't missed a beat up front. They've played really well. And I think Ben, the last two weeks, has really become the Ben of old. I think he's thrown the ball really well. He's got this confidence with Claypool. Their offensive line is playing, and they can go with that five-out look that they typically like to do. And they've been converting third downs. And he's playing really, really well right now. And I think that's been the key. Last year, when he started the season off in New England, didn't play well. The first half against Seattle before he got hurt wasn't playing well. And I would say, even though they won the first three games of the year, J.J., he wasn't playing well. He started playing well against Philly, and it's continued last week against the Browns. Mike, you're in a front office. You need a wide receiver. Would you make a play for Antonio Brown? You know, I think if he checked out, I mean, based on what I know about Antonio Brown, based on his experience in New England, the answer to that would be yes. Now, there's a lot of people, Bruce Arians, who's been around him as a young player, doesn't want anything to do with him. I know Tom Brady probably would like to have him on the Bucks team. Uh, I, I would think that he would. I think Seattle's been monitoring this all along. They want him on their team. So, I think a lot of it is your situation and what you know of, of what you know of Antonio Brown, and assuming that the other issues that are off the field are cleared up, I think you'd certainly have to be interested. All right, Mike. Final one. We know the Jets right now are on this collision course for having the worst record in the league. They have been god awful. Uh, I just said it a few minutes ago. I don't care how high these point spreads may be; it's just impossible to make a case for them in any of these particular games. But. We look at Trevor Lawrence, and I've watched him in college the last two years. I mean, he's wowed you, right? Like, the mobility's there. The size is there. Um, From a quarterback prospect standpoint, is he one of those guys that you've seen over the last, I don't know, 20 to 25 years that you categorize in, like, that can't-miss department? Because I know for a whole lot of Jeff fans, there's really nothing to cheer about as far as the rest of the season is concerned. Would Lawrence be one of those guys that could all of a sudden change the entire feel of your franchise? You know, I said on my podcast, the GM Shuffle, uh, that, you know, Jet fans should really be have a parade for Adam Gates down Bloomfield Avenue, you know, because if he delivers, 
Trevor Lawrence, they should really be happy. Trevor Lawrence is better than Andrew Luck coming. Andrew Luck was being compared to John Elway coming out. I never saw those comparisons. This kid's unique. This kid's different. Go back and watch the championship game when he starts moving around and, and he can't, he's moving around and they can't really stop him in the pocket. His movement created problems in that game. You know, he was able to do things with his feet and then he's got a great arm. Now look, does he have a bad game? You know, Bill Walsh used to say all the time, any player who plays a lot of football is going to have a bad game. Joe Namath had a bad game. Guys are going to have bad games. But the reality of this kid is he's uniquely talented, he's uniquely athletic, and he's, and he's proven that he can play really at a very quick pace. And I, and I think he's everything you want. And whoever has the first pick, whether it's the New York football giants, whether it's the New York Jets, whether it's Jacksonville, don't give up on them. They're going to be right in this race. They're going to pick this guy no matter what. So basically what you're telling me is if you're a Jeff fan, you want Adam Gay's coaching the remainder of these games, locking up that number That's one I pick, Mike. Podcast. I, I mean, you got to stop reading the, you know, the page. Like, what are you guys complaining about? He's doing exactly what you need him to do. They're Amen to, to that, Mike. Terrific stuff. Enjoy the rest of your week. Tremendous insight. Let's do this again soon, all right? Thank you, JJ. Bye-bye. The great Mike Lombardi over at Radio.com. Longtime NFL executive. And listen, Lawrence is a no-brainer. Totally agree with him on that. And we're on the same side with the Steelers. If there's a team I'm looking at in the AFC that could be the biggest threat to Pittsburgh, you know, or to Kansas City, excuse me, a lot of people are going to point to Baltimore. That team is a front-runner team. They cannot play from behind. Steelers can. And the Steelers can rush the passer. All right, we got a lot more to get to. Get aboard at 877-337-6666. We'll have your NFL calls. We'll get you ready for the Giants and the Eagles. We'll also get you ready for Game 2 of the World Series. It's JJ, John G. Stremski. We're right here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.